Hello, comrades. This is the Ignorance Manifesto, a discussion podcast where no topic is off limits. We're your host, Big Body Bear, Mark Diaz. And Ryan, the Rowdy Raccoon, Ochoa. And welcome to episode one. We're kicking off the podcast today by talking about a very appropriate topic, COVID-19. Now that we're heading into the end phase of all this, people are getting vaccinated. Uh, The world's opening up again. At least our country might be, at least. Uh, so we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of reflect on what the last year plus has been for all of us and, uh, just kind of explore it from there. Reminisce on all the good times and since March 2020. Times. I say March 2020 cause that's when shit, everything shut down and yes. freaking world changed and imploded as, as did the stock market that it did. Yeah. <laughs> but the stock market, as we've been seeing is so unfazed. They said, up. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Bounce back and let everybody who's stuck at home start investing because that's yeah. a recipe for uh, for goodness, right? For wealth. It's a recipe for wealth. It's so crazy to say that so many people, like, lives were disrupted in 2020 just because of all the shutdowns and just the uncertainty about COVID. And there was no talk of a vaccine yet, but I had a pretty good 2020. Now, I, I'm pretty privileged in the fact that I didn't lose my job. Right. I was able to work from home. And I, I did good in the stock market. And it was, my <laughs> fir- it was my first time even getting into the stock market. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people did pretty well in the stock market. Whoever got into it right after March. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, like I said, the whole market just went up. Like you said, up. I don't care what's going on in the world. Let's make money. <laughs> I'm not going to lie that I wish I was like full-blown retard like right in the beginning because I didn't know about options. I know. I was sitting here buying fucking shares. I was hey, like, oh, but look, see, I, I, I think I introduced a really bad thing for you because options are just a scary mess. But whatever. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it was really fun and it was really stressful. And continues to be fun. So once COVID-19 became a thing and then, uh, well... <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously it was a thing, but before it actually, once it actually impacted us, when all the shutdowns started happening last March, what effect did that have on you? Not just with your job, but maybe emotionally. I'm sure a lot of people are going to feel the same. Well, I don't know. depends on what you say, but I'm sure there's a lot, you know, a lot of confusion, maybe uh, just wonder of this uncertainty that was going on. But yeah, how just kind of overall, how did you feel when it started and how did it progress as it went on this may sound weird but definitely in the beginning it was like a small bit of excitement yeah i i I can relate with that (laughs) yeah uh it's kind of the same to how i feel when there's like a hurricane Uh, i was just gonna say that yeah whenever there's a hurricane (laughs) that's about to come like i get excited because it's like oh shoot like something really disrupting is about to happen you gotta get you gotta get supplies like you know there's a small element of danger like, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I get, <laughs> which sounds kind of like fucked up, but it's yeah. Like, yeah, I get excited when a hurricane's coming through because disaster, destruction, like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I think it's natural to get that excitement because it's like you read about stories of, of things like extreme events or whatever, and you Watch wonder what it's, and, or yeah, movies, yeah. yeah, you know, whatever, if you're literate and educated, you read, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but so yeah, you, you see these movies read these stories and it's like oh man how come nothing like that ever happens to me or whatever so yeah when a hurricane occurs i mean granted we get those 
around here not frequently but you know it's it's not uncommon either oh yeah like yeah we we do get those big storms but something like a global pandemic it's like oh what's gonna happen like you know that's so yeah i i I do agree like i i I think people can relate to that sentiment so like in in february like it was becoming like more and more of an issue i i don't specifically remember when the the World Health Organization like de- full, uh, officially declared it a pandemic. Yeah, I think that's was that in February. I think it was it late February, been. early March. If it wasn't February, it was definitely early March. Okay, and yeah, like everybody at work's stopping by each other's desk, you know, talking about it. Somebody sneezes like close to you, and you're like, "Who the fuck was that?" <laughs> um, so. It didn't really hit hard for me. Like it was always, like I said, it was there was like a bit of excitement. Now, thankfully, my firm had a plan where they they had the opportunity for everybody to to work remotely. Yeah. So so that was good. So maybe that extra element of security in my job it really it buffered my maybe anxiety. Of, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the pandemic, but I think I will say it. It really hit the second week in April <laughs> when my wife and I went to H E B just to just to get some stuff because we didn't really like prepare for like like a like a doomsday prepper or anything like that you know we had we had water that we typically have on standby just just for like hurricanes and stuff like that and we have like some canned goods and some ramen and stuff like that but uh, we didn't really hoard anything like some people like some people did that were uh, i guess really afraid right so we go to heb and dude it was surreal during this time you know they had somebody like stationed outside and like they had quotas on how many people could go in and you know go in and be in heb yeah so yeah and they had the stickers on the on the on the sidewalks you know the six feet indicators my wife and i couldn't even stand together you know, really? Like, like, they separated yeah, you? Yeah, they separated us. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, so yeah, we had we had our masks, and, uh, you know, they they watch you. They make you get hand sanitizer before you walk in. And so once you're in, it's quiet. It was quiet. Like, mm-hmm. nobody was talking to each other. Nobody even made eye contact with me, dude. So in that moment, like, I guess it really hit me. It's like, oh, gosh, like, this is kind of almost oddly dystopian yeah like like this is something serious not that i i didn't take it seriously before but i guess like in that moment i really saw it because i didn't see it before because i was i was at home i was working and things were kind of normal yeah but then i go out and it was not normal so it really hit me it really hit me then and it was uh it was something as simple as going to the grocery store yeah i think that's you said about the second week of April. I think, yeah, April, May, April going into May for sure. I think it started really dwelling on me because that's whenever we had canceled trips. You know, we were supposed oh, to go on that yeah. trip in April. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So there was, you know, all, all of that, you know, it's like everything, it started, you know, becoming a very real thing, just like you said. Uh, there were also issues like, you know, my mom had was having some health problems and it was like, wait, well, how is this going to play out? So, yeah, I, I, I think that's when it really started settling in, shifting from the, you know, giddy excitement to like, oh, fuck, like what, what's going on with the world? 
you know, and what is going to happen. So, yeah, that was that was a pretty interesting phase, I think, especially for me. But uh, <laughs> I think for all of us, it's, it's it was definitely an interesting phase. So you did mention something that I think was is something worth talking about right now. And that's the fact that you you and I, I'm, I was in the same boat, but we were able to work from home. So our businesses, you know, our companies that we work for, we're able to shift kind of the way that we do things, the way we work and be able to adapt into this mode of being able to work from home. And a lot of people did. Right. So I'm just curious, what was like, because I, I've actually had the opportunity to work from home before, just in my field, not that we were doing it all the time. So like in the last year, that's all we've been doing, but we had some flexibility in our job, but I'm just curious for you. And I'm sure probably for a lot of other people who it was a new experience for them. What was that like? How did you feel like, or did you feel that you were as productive working from home? Uh, did it feel more comfortable? Like, what was that experience like for you? It actually took a while to, in my opinion, become productive. Yeah. So there was about a two-week learning curve. I, I would see, I would say even longer than that because the equipment that I was using was very uh, limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so at work... Uh, in office, I have two computer monitors, and like I have a, I have an office chair. I got you know my own desk set up. I have all of those functions there for me. Yeah. Now, come March 2020, when everything shut down, I did not have that. I only had a a Surface Pro, you know, tablet slash laptop, whatever you want to make of it. And I mean that that screen is. <laughs> ridiculously small it's definitely no nothing compared to you know two monitors right um so like that was really restrictive and my goodness man you should have seen my my retarded setup that i had we had a um a 65 inch screen tv (laughs) yeah and uh my wife and i like so we were on our uh dining room table She's on one side, I'm on the other. She's at least using the desktop computer, which is you know, at least like a normal screen. So like she was pretty comfortable, but I only had my my tablet. So I used I used the goddamn 65 inch screen TV <laughs> behind my behind my tablet, and like this is like the type of shit your grandma like yells at you for. Like you're sitting too close to the TV. And, like I was too close to this like giant TV. So you had the TV on the dining room table. I had the TV on the dining room Holy table, cow. and I'm like sitting there like looking up at it, and like I have to look at the TV in sections <laughs> because like it depends on which area of my desktop I'm looking at. Yeah, it, it was it was so bad. So because because of that. It really uh, limited my my productivity. On top of that, like before, we had like a bunch of things that required like written signatures and uh, stuff that kind of had to be passed from uh, attorney attorney to attorney. Yeah. Uh, just the nature of my work. And uh, so now that we had to switch solely to all electric, and it's all via email for for approvals and stuff like that, I had to kind of adjust to that and really just working in ADP as if I had like a physical document in front of me and then I would fill it out. So Mm -hmm. now I'd just, uh, not ADP, sorry, uh, Adobe. So I'd be using, uh, working on those documents digitally through Adobe and just filling them out like through there, forwarding them via email, getting approvals from, from attorney X, attorney Y, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just doing everything that way. 
So that that took some time. But come April, it was apparent that things weren't getting better anytime soon. So I went ahead and uh, got myself a, a larger monitor, and that really changed the game. I, uh, I went to the office, and I got myself a mouse from the office. I didn't steal it. It was allowed. Yeah. And so just just those simple additions really like changed changed my pro- productivity and like uh, I, f- I feel like I'm now just as or maybe even in some cases more productive. Yeah, yeah, I, I can relate with that too because now I think with the flexibility of you know this working from home or at least you know like currently right now we're still in a strictly work from home environment. Actually, I don't know. They're talking about going back. I don't know if it's technically open that we could, we probably can. I mean, they're definitely about ready to phase in everybody, but having worked from home this whole time for over a year, continuously, I should say, it's definitely opened up the opportunity to work more flexibly, uh, flexibly, flexibility. Yeah, that's it, right? Flexibly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That feels weird. It sounds weird. Yeah. Sounds absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a more flexible manner? In a more flexible manner, <laughs> I've been able to work uh, in that, you know, I can work during normal working hours, uh, but if I have to run an errand, I still have the flexibility to do that. Additionally, you know, if it's in the middle of the evening or something, I feel like I have to do something, I could comfortably just log in and do whatever I need to do. Or even going as far as like working on weekends if I don't have anything else to do. And since everything was locked down, it's like, well, I could play video games or I could get some of this work done because it's on my mind. Maybe I'll do that. But more often than not, I was just playing video games. So, <laughs> but still it, it, it did, it did allow that, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not, because then it's like your life work balance starts getting like the lines that divide those end up blurring a bit because now work is in your home and I don't know. Is is it is it is is it is it a good thing for us to be able to work from home all the time? Because now that line is getting more blurred. In other words, like you know, whenever you go into the office or wherever wherever it is that you work that is outside of your home, you have the opportunity to disconnect. You know, like the moment that you leave the office and get in your car, you have that. I mean, it's a physical feeling that's happening because you're physically leaving the office. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Whereas when you're at home, you might be in a room that might be used for another purpose too. Like, you know, it's like not just a strictly an office room if, if you even have that luxury. But if it's like you said, in the kitchen, in the dining room or something, it's like, well, that's where you eat, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then you also work. You know, what impact do you think that has on or has that had on people that can't really unblur those lines, you know, of the, of the work life balancing. I will say, uh, me and my wife's experience, uh, we were unable to have dinner uh, or have a meal in our dining room table because of the setup, because of the setup. So, and we were already in a small apartment, like to begin with our kitchen was incredibly small even even before like our, our dining room table was you know pretty much out of commission we had limited counter space just because our, our kitchen was so small but now like we were we were cooking and like we were eating on our kitchen counters like in some cases over the kitchen sink like that's what we had to do wow, like, really? we had to stand and eat in the kitchen like we couldn't sit anywhere yeah 
you know, for for some, at least in in my firm, like whenever we would uh, have you know meetings via Zoom and stuff, like some people did did have their uh, their cameras on, and uh, you could see, I guess, you know, at least one small piece of their workspace, and more often than not. Um, they had like their own room, like dedicated, like for for their office space. Now, yeah. I mean, a lot of these were were attorneys, so I mean, you know, they they're gonna have the the financial luxury to at least have that yeah that that extra room that they can at least dedicate to to their personal work desk and stuff like that. Since uh, my wife and I moved, we now have that luxury. We got a bigger place. We have our own desks, and it's very comfortable. I much prefer being at my at-home desk than my work desk because I have a better monitor here. I have a a more comfortable chair. Yeah. And I'm here at home. And like you said, if you have an errand to run, you have the luxury to do so. Right. I just I'll punch out and I'll, I'll go and I get it done and I'll come back and uh, you know I'll I'll make up my time. One thing that I will say though, since we've been working from home, I have been working later. Yes. And see, I think that's where that that whole disconnect from work, you know, like to to separate work and life, right? Your personal life. I think that's where that comes into play. Because, yeah, I I share that, too. Like, even right now, I'm thinking, man, I really got to get some more work done. Yeah, it's the weekend, but whatever, you know, like (laughs) because I can do that because I can work from home. It's like, well, it's not like I have to go into the office to do it. It's so easy to do it. I don't know. But we'll see uh, for like for me. I mean, just the nature of, of my work, like I, I'm, you know, I'm an attorney's assistant. You know, this isn't, this isn't my work. This is the attorney that I assist work. Yeah. You know, so when I clock out, I don't give a damn about my, about my job. I completely disconnect. I don't want to think about it. However. Man, I bet they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. And then. Where are they going with this? Oh, um, okay. So now that we're not going to the office. Now people have like their own time frames in which they work. Yeah. That doesn't always line up with, let's say, somebody in my position or a, a, another attorney's. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe my, my work shift before may have been 7.30 in the morning to 4 p.m. And like you said, like you disconnect, you leave the office and you go home. Uh, now I, I'm still in front of the computer. I no longer sign in at 7.30 because... A lot of people don't start until nine. It's harder for me to leave, try to leave at four because things get approved so late. Yeah. And when things get approved late, that means I file things to the USPTO office late. Mm-hmm. And that means I have to stay later because I because now I'm sending work that is now on somebody else's timeline that differs from mine. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what if, I mean, so say the pandemic didn't happen at all and you were going in at 7, 7.30 or whatever and leaving at 4, would you have stayed later at the office if that if this type of behavior you're seeing now also existed? Occasionally, yes, but it was, it was much less frequent than it is now. And it was always maybe the latest would be like 30 minutes now. And like there was some cases where I stayed clocked in until 8 p.m. Yeah, damn. And so could it be just that universally everybody just kind of felt this flexibility and took advantage of it or I don't think I don't think it's necessarily a, a taking advantage thing. Well, I, yeah, th- yeah. I think it's adapting to the current nature of how work is now. 
I think every, where everybody would come into the office and everybody kind of knew that they had like this 10 hour like this this 10 hour block of time in which they could see everybody. Right, yeah. And and you had to get it done before people started leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um because not everybody was working from home. Right. There were a, there were a few like of the big uh, partners at the firm that did work from home, but most people, you know, turned it off when they left. So you had to get things done within this restricted block of time. Now there's a lot more leeway. Yes. And that doesn't always line up with somebody that that works on like let's say like a a, a punch in a, a clock in clock out system. Uh, attorneys work by the number of hours, or they get paid by the number of hours that they put in to work, like the amount of time it takes for them to do their work, billable hours. Yes, right? yes. Somebody like me, I'm paid hourly, mm-hmm. and I strongly dislike overtime. Oh, really? Why? Because like, why do you dislike it? I would see how the company dislikes it, but I just disli- I dislike overtime because I value my leisure time highly. And isn't that why you get one and a half times paid for overtime? Yeah, but I value my leisure time more than that. Oh shit! Okay. After that forty hours, I want to clock out and say, "LOL, see ya. I'm out. I'm enjoying my my free time." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate overtime because. Because I well a I didn't want I don't want to work overtime and then b, to me it signals that there's in, inefficiencies within the company that are causing you to work to, more to, to well to work more but not only uh, not only that maybe more importantly the company is shelling out more money to me yeah I think it would be better if I stuck to my agreed salary mm-hmm. and the company doesn't have to give me more money. Just to I, just to get something done that could have been taken care of within my forty-hour like work frame. Yeah. Like, to me, okay. that signals that there's some type of inefficiency with within the company, and they're wasting money. Why do? You, but why do you let it bother you so bad? I mean, it's the money that's going to be funneled to you. Oh, it's it's not like I'm losing sleep over this. <laughs> I'm just it's like, I hate it because of the inefficiencies of the company I work for. They could do this better. No. Uh. I mean, that, that's, I'm also ignorant. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe they just got so much work and they just don't have, like, the, I guess, the workforce to, to handle all the work. So, like, you know, people are just taking on more work and then have to work more than 40 hours. I mean, that could be it, too. But still, that's an inefficiency on, on, on the firm's part because if they have all this work that needs to get done, then they need to bring in more people. Yeah, but one can't predict necessarily and like be completely 100% efficient in their whatever line of work there is. I mean, volume fluctuates. So like the real debate, I guess, man, we're kind of straying off, but from the management's perspective would be, well, do I hire another full-time worker or even a part-time worker to handle all of the times of fluctuations or can we just deal with overtime every now and then with what we have? I think that's really the deci- you know the decision they have to make. Um, and that's and fine. Whatever. I mean, they they could you know take on contract workers too and stuff like that. <laughs> but like I said, this is not a big deal like to me to where I'm like losing sleep and I'm just like I freaking hate my job. They're paying me overtime. Yeah, <laughs> I mean no, it just comes off weird the way you say it. But I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I value my leisure time highly. I enjoy not working. And mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed playing guitar. I enjoyed drawing. And I enjoy what we do right now, sitting here talking shit. Yeah. Um, I, don't want, I, I don't want to be tired spending nine plus hours in front of the computer, staring at a computer screen. My eyes are dry. Like, I, I don't want that to be my life. 
Get some Visine. What's that? Eye drops. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, all right, all right, all right. So, okay, now kind of pulling it back a little bit, just going back to COVID. Now that we're in this end phase of it, right? Like things are getting better. People are getting vaccinated. Are you looking forward to going back to work, like into the physical office? Um, well, I, I will say that I work, I, I work in like a, a team. So there, yeah. I, I work in a team of four, myself included, of assistants for uh, our team of attorneys. Out of my team, I'm the one that goes into work. I go probably about every other week. I tend to go in on Friday. You mean right now, like with everything that's going on? Yes. Oh, okay. And I was I was going in as early as like July, like yeah. just for one day though. You know, every other every other week or so, because we actually get physical letters patent. So like the actual patent, like the the physical copy that that is right. issued, right? So we get those, and those have to be forwarded to clients. So, you know, when everything was crazy in March, uh, April and May, like there was a big backlog of all of these, you know, physical documents that we had that had not gone to the client. So I was like, you know what? I'm not, this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it to be bad. But like, I'm, I'm not scared. You know, I'll go in, I have my mask. Yeah. There's Purell stations like all over the place within the building. So, you know, I'll go in, I'll keep my distance. It'll be fine. So I went in, office was dead. Little creepy, yeah. Um, so I'd be alone in the office, and you know, I'd set up my I'd set up my DH DHL packages. To your question, I think it would be cool to have other people there. And yes, I, I think I am I am ready to go back to work and see people and kind of experience that office culture again. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think that's that's something that we all kind of need. At least uh, maybe not all of us and maybe I'm generalizing it too much, but I think in my position and with the work that we've been doing, you know, we've all been full time, I would say at home. I mean, I think with the exception of a few of us kind of going in occasionally, I know I went in last year to take some monitors and stuff because they were throwing them out anyway. So I was like, screw that. Let me take them home. (laughs) So uh, I got extra monitors and now I got a nice setup at home, but there, there seems to be what I've been noticing lately, at least maybe, you know, not just in the last week, but in the last few months is that there's kind of this lack of urgency. Uh, not that anything needs to be urgent, but it's, uh, man, what do you call it? Like lackadaisical? Is that the right word? Lackadaisical? Is that like, yeah, when you're just too relaxed, like you're lackadaisical about, about your work. It's like, oh, I like kind of procrastinating, but what about nonchalant? Would that work? Maybe. Is it? Not when you're nonchalant about, you know, issues or whatever. Like if you have some work to do and you know it needs to be done by a certain time, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it. But not like in a procrastinative matter. In some ways, yes, it's whatever that fuck. It's 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 a a non-urgent demeanor. Exactly. But not that it merited any urgency to begin with either. It's like, hey, it's just a task that needs to be done, but I'll do it whenever. So oh, okay, all that, right. Uh, <laughs> let, let's let's say uh, lackadaisical. What yeah, you? I think that's right. Fuck, okay, man, I want to. I'm gonna take all this out. Uh, no, I won't. Um, <laughs> so that has actually led to matters becoming a rush or an urgency because they, you know, people, certain groups that we depend on may have taken too much time to do the things that would have normally been done a little more quickly. 
and thus it, it, it causes this sense of urgency when in reality, if we were all in the office, you could just kind of go over to someone's desk and be like, Hey, you know, uh, we're going to be doing this. Right. And I think just the fact that you're physically present there would motivate or encourage people to be like, Oh yeah, I got to do this. Well, because- yeah. Cause you can be seen yeah. like slacking off or you, you can at least be seen not being productive. Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's probably part of it, but also knowing that the person that is waiting for something on you is also in the building with you. Just like, like down the hall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not that they're like stalking you. It's like, hey, when you can get that done? I mean, you know, it doesn't have to even <laughs> be like that, but just knowing that they're there, you know, there's this, like whenever you're working from home all the time, you're you, there's this sense of disconnection. It's like, oh yeah, I know that person exists, but they're at home just like me. You know, it's so <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe you feel... I, I, I don't know. I, I have noticed that the the culture, I would say, shifts a bit when everybody's working from home in that, you know, you could shoot an email and, and not hear back for like a day when under normal cir- circumstances, it would have, you know, it would have been addressed. You may have talked about it physically, in person, and then probably got done with the task altogether in like a couple of hours. Or, or just as simply like dropped in on somebody's office and be like, hey, like. Yeah. And then, so and, uh, yeah, that's another point, like, you know, uh, avoiding the email altogether. Instead, it's like, Hey, I could just achieve this by walking over there. I get a break from my desk and I get to see the person. We could talk about it. You know, there's no miscommunication that, well, it could happen, but uh, that's another thing I noticed. There's like misunderstandings in emails a lot more these days than there oh, were before. Yeah. It's like, wait, it was spelled out right here. Oh, well, I, I didn't understand what you meant. It's like, oh shit. Well, if we would have talked about it, I think it would have been a lot easier. And that's generally what ends up happening. We end up getting on a call. We talk it through. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. And, you know, it's all cleared up. So with all that said, basically where I'm getting at is I'm looking forward to going back to the office. Like I, I do miss that interaction with other people, especially in a team environment. You know, it, it just there there's I think there's just a little more accountability being physically present. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. On this topic, I read a an interesting article. I don't remember exactly like where it was from, like maybe Forbes or Wall Street Journal, um, talking about two types of at-home workers. So there's the worker that takes advantage of being at home and maybe takes advantage of the uh, freedom. Yeah. And works less. Uh-huh. Because you know maybe maybe they're on their phone more. I mean, like you know maybe they go out running errands and staying clocked in, yeah. um, watching TV. You know while they're supposed to be like working. You know something like that. Like somebody that understands there's not a supervisor. You know walking around and could spot you. Yeah. Um, maybe slacking off, taking advantage of that freedom and being less productive. So type A. So you go to type B would be the type of person that overcompensates for the freedom. Yes. Maybe that like experiences some type of anxiety that like, Oh, well now, am I now doing that, enough? Am I doing enough? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe works more than they would have if they were just in, in the office. Now I, I have my, I have my, I say type a days and I have my type B days, um, <laughs> yep. but like very early on in the, in the, in the pandemic, when we started working from home, I was very much type B. Like I was very anxious and I didn't know like my goodness like am I doing enough? Yes. Like I don't have anybody like well hey, I don't have anybody telling telling me that uh 
like hey your your workload has been less or right, you know, right. I, we've we've been seeing like less work from you blah blah we need you to pick it up i i didn't have anybody telling me that and there was really no communication like between you know my team so maybe that says something about the efficiency and the teamwork and, and, and my team in general but yeah i was very much anxious about the idea that maybe i wasn't doing enough um, yeah. but now I think I'm, I'm more comfortable. Uh, like I said, there's days that I tend to slack off and, um, but there's also days where there's plenty of work to be done and it's shown to us like here, here are all the tasks that we need to complete this week. And when that is the case, then I can, I can work with that and then I can plan my week accordingly and work within that, within those time frames. So maybe that speaks to just the type of worker that I am, that I I enjoy, or I work best when I have tasks given to me and I have time, uh, have time limits that are deadlines that I need to meet. Yeah. I guess when I have, when there's a little bit more freedom to maybe work on some minor backlog things, I think at, in, th- in that sense, I tend to slack off. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with, oh, I mean, I do agree with all that. I'm just thinking about my, from my situation personally. It's well, I mean, you were working weird... from home before yeah um well we had a minimum number of days that we have to be in the like we had to be in the office at least 50 percent of the time so i'd work from home one maybe two days a week just because i felt that i was more productive in the office before anyway because i think that 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 was more related to the setup at home like i didn't have things all like right now my work at home environment is very much like a nice office again. You know, like I I've got the monitor set up, I've got the docking station. It's all proper whereas before it was more um like ad hoc, you know, like I'd get the laptop and open it up and I'd start connecting some things. Other times I wouldn't even connect other peripherals like I would say, "Oh, I'm just going to use the the mouse the trackpad on the laptop." Whatever. Like so it was very you know unofficial whereas now everything feels more official the way i have it set up at home oh what i was going to say as far as the productivity like yes i agree with all that in my situation currently we're just in this weird state we're working on this project that there's a lot of dependencies and i don't want to get too 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 involved with it but it's like i I know the task I need to do, but I'm waiting for other people to do their task because I need those pieces in order to do mine. And so I can see things growing, but I can't do much about it. It's really weird. It's stupid. That's why I'm like, man, I really want to work this weekend, but there's some things that I don't, I can't work on, but then I can work on them with the assumption that things are going to be perfect when they get delivered to me, but they're not they're often not whatever so then i go through all that back and forth and then decide oh let's just play rocket league (laughs) (laughs) question for the audience if you started working from home due to covid shutdowns what type are you did you you (laughs) tend to slack off or did you have anxiety that you weren't doing enough so maybe you overcompensated and did more work i think most people are going to be both a mixture of both. Maybe you'll get your pure type air, type airs, <laughs> just like oh hell yeah, I took advantage of that freedom, and probably <laughs> the pure top type beers. Although I don't think anyone would have stayed that anxious for this long. Well, like, yeah, I, like like I said, like I was very much that in the beginning, but yeah. then like I guess I got more comfortable and you know started dwelling in both. <laughs> yeah. So, um, did you have any like I don't know weird experiences like during let's say the the height of the pandemic 
Any that, weird experiences? Yeah, anything notable? No. Okay, so um. I mean, I there there was not me personal. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, so there were some things that happened, like, and I don't know, I don't really want to like shift gears, like, or get too morbid about it, but I know people who died, so there's that. Okay. That that's a that's a real thing that happened, you know, and it's wasn't just like one person either. It was like a few. Which I think that started hitting me. And that was towards the later part of last year. So, uh, you know, I think at first when I heard about the first person getting sick, I was, I didn't think too much about it. And even as more people were getting sick, and I, I'm referring to people that I knew or that I know, well, slash knew, but because some of them are gone now. But uh, let's not get too, let's not get too dark. Uh <clears throat> So I didn't think much about it then, but then once people got severely sick and people I knew eventually started dying, I was like, fuck, man, that sucks. Like, this is a shitty situation that uh, there was a lot of frustration because obviously there were a lot of conflicts. You know, let's not just gloss over that, that fact. Or I mean, we could just I don't want to dive too deep into that, but there was definitely a lot of, you know, disagreements in the last year <laughs> regarding the pandemic, among other things like whether or not we should have been wearing masks. And so all of that was very frustrating because the effects of people choosing one way or the other or not wanting to listen or whatever it was, was still having a, like the COVID was still a very real thing and people were still very really getting affected by it and in some cases dying. So uh, I don't know if you want to call that like a notable event, but those were, I mean, you know, I don't think I know people who die every year. I think you know people who die every like few years or something, right? I think once we get older, we'll probably start more people will start falling out faster. But oh, that's a different discussion. I know getting but, older. Uh... But right now, at this point of our lives, like you know, I think it's okay that people don't die in a in a given year, right? Like yeah. I don't remember the last time someone has died other than last year. Like before that, anyone that I've known who's died, it's had to have been multi years ago you know so for that to have happened like back to back to back like it was like shit man this is like very real so i'd say that did have an impact on me and if you want to call that the notable event then that is my notable event of the year well r.i.p to uh to the homies that passed yeah and i mean not just mine but everyone's you know like because a lot of people died yeah it's unfortunate but that is what has happened i was more so uh thinking about any trips that you could have taken like maybe during i don't know like july because uh, uh hannah and i we had uh, a wedding to go to and it was actually the weekend in march that everything shut down we were supposed to go to new orleans for a wedding oh yeah um so that was postponed to july and uh, we were hoping that things would like you know calm down a little bit but i think even in july like things were still like, pretty bad however things were opening back up yeah and i think it was just like you know maybe 25 percent 50 percent in some states uh, something to that uh to that extent so we go to new orleans so this is how the this is how we started off we uh we took some uh thc edibles <laughs> all right um so right when we got to the the airport we took some tac edibles you know we get out like airport's dead yeah 
uh, edibles hadn't kicked in yet. We go through security and stuff like that. It was very easy. And so uh, we're in, what do you call it, like the terminal areas? Or just right. like the airport the- like itself, not in the not the security portions were past that. And, you know, we take a seat. We're just waiting for our plane to get here. Um, I'm playing uh, like I'm playing on my Switch, my Nintendo Switch, and I start feeling the edibles. <laughs> and like not in the best way either. Oh no. Yeah. So instead of like that that really nice body high that you can get, I got the anxiety like driven oh, experience. Geez. So it's like I, everyone knows. Everyone <laughs> knows. <laughs> and so like we're 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 sitting down at, at our gate. I, I think that's what it's called. We're waiting like I said, we're waiting for our plane. And like I have my mask on, Hannah's got her mask on, and there's nobody around us. Like I said, it was very dead. Like at this time, and I'm I'm, I'm feeling the edibles. I'm I'm getting anxiety, and there's people that are, like so now the gate's starting to get f- fill uh filled as we get closer to our plane arriving or like our departure time. Like there's people that are sitting down across from us. There's people that are sitting next to us, not directly next to us, but there's like a seat buffer. But mm. like, there's a baby across the way from me, and the baby's crying, and like the uh, there's like a, a a big fat guy uh, just like a little further down um, that it was like he had his mask on, but like it wasn't covering his nose, <laughs> and like so, I'm trying to focus on my game, and I'm looking at everybody. I'm hearing like sniffles. I'm hearing like coughing. <laughs> I'm hearing the baby crying. Like all of this is, and th- I'm 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 realizing like. We're in a pandemic, like, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm high and I'm fucking like having a panic, almost like a, a mini panic attack, oh, and uh, like I'm just sitting there trying to ride this out. Like I'm just high, I'm just stoned. Like this <laughs> this will go away, and uh, w- when it gets to be too much, uh, it's weird. My my body starts to have like these weird uh, like shakes, like my like my leg will start shaking. Oh wow! Yeah, like involuntary movements. Yeah, like uh, uh, almost as if like I'm cold and I'm shivering. Yeah, like I'll, I'll get like I'll get these shakes in my legs. Um, so like that started happening, but it was very mild. Um, plane gets there. We're we're let on. We're like we're let on onto the plane. We take our seats. Anxiety's like st- like still there. My legs kind of like trembling like. Uh, a little bit more so now. I'm like, fuck, I'm just high. Just let it, like, this will go away. Just write it out. <laughs> and, um, like, so I just try to, like, focus on my breathing. And eventually it did calm down. And uh, oddly enough, I felt better. Like, I felt better when the plane was in motion and, like, taking off. Yeah, because security couldn't come on the plane anymore and get your ass out because of everyone <laughs> knew that you were high. <laughs> oh, my God. No. So, uh, that, I mean, that, that, like, that was the, the plane experience, like maybe in like uh, the heat of COVID, um, but it was mostly because I was I was stoned out of my mind. We get to New Orleans by this time, like it's it's kind of late. We get to our Airbnb. It's dark, you know. It's nighttime in fucking New Orleans, and typically in the past, we go to New Orleans. It's fucking summer. I mean, there's lots of people. Right. It was dead, dude. <laughs> it was dead. And kind of creepy. It is New Orleans, and that ain't the safest place to be. Right. And so, like, we're uh, we're sitting here trying to figure out the like the, the key code to get into like this uh, Air, Airbnb place, which essentially it was kind of like uh, like a 
a hotel almost like you there was a key code that you would use to get into the building and then you could take an elevator up to the floors that hold the rooms yeah and um so we're sitting there like trying to like figure out this key code come to find out we're at the wrong goddamn place the place that we were supposed to go to was next door so like this whole time like i'm like looking around it's freaking dark and like i can only see like several instances instances where uh there's like people walking in the shadows and stuff and just like uh this does not look safe (laughs) wow and so so we finally are it's next door. That's why the fucking code's not working. So we go. The code works the first time. Great. Uh, we walk in, and it's like, all right, cool. We're safe now. We go up to our room. We put everything away. We had we had uh, planned on going to um, not Bourbon Street, but we were going to go through Bourbon Street to see what, what was going on. But there's this uh, absinthe bar that we like to frequent there called the Copper Monkey. We wanted to go get absinthe and have a burger. That's what, what we wanted to do. Big friggin' mistake. Ugh. Big mistake. We, we leave the safety of our apartment building. <laughs> and like we walk from, from where we were. I don't remember what street, where we were. But it wasn't far from Bourbon Street. So it, it, was a, it was a chill walk just to go to where all the bars and stuff were. Yeah. Um, so we walk. It's pretty dead out. There's not a lot of people out having fun and being festive right so that should have been my cue to like you know let's turn around and go home (laughs) that should have been my cue to like say no cluck this uh but no we we progress we go forward we uh get to bourbon street and we still had maybe like two streets to go to get to our bar that we were trying to go to the copper monkey Mm -hmm. and when we get to bourbon street it's dead and like there's some trash in in the street so it's hard to i guess imagine bourbon street when it's not packed with drunks you know just people like you know hooting hollering having a good time everybody's like drunk got a drink in their hand blah blah blah. Uh, it it was dead dude like there was from what i ascertained homeless people that were just kind of hanging out like along the sides of this street like on the sidewalks yeah and it, it looked like something like like the movie escape from new york it looked like uh like uh, a post-apocalyptic like scene like, it, it was dead like the street was dirty there was only like one street light street light on and like everything else was like in the shadows and it was only up ahead that we saw uh, like i said like maybe a street or two away so we still had some distance to go that there, we saw like a group of people that act that were actually like you know being festive and drinking yeah um but it was a very small group <laughs> um so we're like okay we just walk forward, just walk forward. Hannah like had uh, her hand on her pepper spray that was like in her in her pocket, you know, just in case. Because like I said, it, we should not have been out. It, it did not seem safe. Um, we're walking out of nowhere. Presumably, this homeless guy—he's homeless. Um, he comes like he comes up to me and he says something. It's like, "Hey, what's what's going on, man?" And he holds his like hand out as if to give me like a, a, an air handshake or something. I don't, I don't, you know, shake his hand or anything. I just like look at him. I keep walking. His demeanor, his face, like goes from like joyful to like angry, like <laughs> like toward me. And he like we're walking, and he's like sitting there walking beside me. Like, his, Do y'all have mask on at this point? No, no, okay. no. We're, we're outside. Like we had our masks, you know, in our in our pocket, but we weren't wearing them. This guy didn't have a mask either. Right. Um. 
Everybody, I was just wondering if, if possibly he got a cue off of y'all or something, like why you didn't shake his hand. It's like, hey, you know, there's this pandemic going on. Like, <laughs> but okay, so everybody's like in in a world right now. No, and then? I, I guess uh, no. I seriously think that this dude was like a like a homeless guy and just like. Yeah, but surely homeless people know what's going on, too. Like, they can't just be like, huh, Bourbon Street's empty. Big deal. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no, that's... I mean, I don't think... I I think homeless people tend to not follow the the social norms that are occurring in day-to-day life. I feel like their homelessness is like a culture of their own, and they choose to not be a part of society. That's a different... That's a a different discussion. All right, all right, and then... (laughs) Like, this guy's demeanor turns from, like, joyful to angry like towards me I, I don't know if he was just trying to be like purposefully confrontational or like maybe like a dude was high or drunk or something he starts going i'm the man i'm the man i'm the man <laughs> it's like it's like oh god now we got a situation here like damn it uh so he's the man i was like all right yeah i hold my hand out like to give him a handshake it's like yeah you're the man and he's like i'm the man he doesn't shake my hand doesn't even look at my hand and so since he didn't shake my hand and he was just repeating himself, so then I was like, dude, go away. He stopped talking. His face changed again. They went from angry to like like almost fed up, like, oh, okay, motherfucker. And yeah. uh, he kind of drops back. He pulls his shoulder back as if he's about to swing his arm towards me. So we're still walking forward, but he drops back. Now he's now out of my side of vision. I can only see him in like my, uh, my peripherals. His shoulder goes back and then as if he's going to, to hit me and he makes like a step towards me, I, I duck out of the way and I, I, I turn around, I'm ducking cause I'm, uh, and I put my arm up to, to block a blow because I feel like this is what he's about to do. His movements suggested that he was about to hit me. So I put my arm up, I turn around, now I'm facing him, uh, he just steps away and uh, so we're walking faster. Like, we're just like, all right, we just kind of go where the people are. We just got to go where the people are. And yeah, he, he goes away and like, he's just yelling from the distance now. Well, oh. and we may, we get to our, we get to our bar, which sucked because we couldn't sit at the bar because of <laughs> COVID restrictions. We couldn't sit at the bar. We couldn't even experience the, the absinthe drip from the device. You know, the, they drip the cold water onto, onto, uh, the the, the sugar cube the sugar, yeah. sugar cube into the glass like no we couldn't do that he served us absinthe in a plastic cup and like <laughs> we, we got our we got our burgers which you know hey whatever we didn't want to walk back so we called an uber and i don't know if the uber couldn't figure out where we were my goodness <laughs> so we had to we had to venture out onto the streets just so we can get the uber Dude, it, it was a shit show man like it was a, a fucking shit show we should not have gone out but that set the tone for the for the next few days that we were there. Great. Yeah, the the wedding was great. We didn't we didn't go and venture out at night anymore. Yeah. Um. So I will I will say like that's a COVID story that I have. That's your notable event of twenty twenty. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> oh man. I mean that's a good one, but it was also pretty uneventful. <laughs> Besides the run in, it's like oh man, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna punch? No. Just walked off. The man walked away. Oh yeah. Well, th- thank goodness, cause I mean, I mean, what would have like what would have happened if like this dude like hit me? Like Hannah pulls out her pepper spray, but, like sprays him down. You would have been infected with COVID. That's what would have happened. It would have. 
fucking smacked in my face with COVID. Like, bam! His, his COVID-infested hand that you refused to shake, but then... <laughs> no, I don't know. Anyways, well... Okay, so that I mean that's that's that is an interesting story to keep on hand for COVID. I don't have any good COVID stories because yeah, my notable events like kind of erasing what I said earlier. If I want to say I had any notable events were the two weddings that I had, yours and then Mona's the the week after. I shouldn't have used her name in public. But anyways, uh <laughs> nah, it doesn't matter. But those were pretty notable because well, I was the best man in your wedding, so that was a uh, that was a big thing, like for me and for you. Well, for you obviously because you're getting married. For me, because it's like holy shit, now I got to give a speech, <laughs> shit. And then the very next week, actually being the officiator of yeah. the wedding, that was a pretty big thing too. Like this shit was live streamed and everything, which I've asked Mona for the copy of the video because obviously I couldn't watch it live since I was doing it right. But uh, no, so th those were really cool experiences. And that one also involved a road trip, you know, had to go to San Antonio for that. But I didn't go out either. So, I mean, just hanging out with with her and her family and Morris and his family. Like we did do do things, but it didn't involve any public outings. OK, so I didn't I, I didn't get that feel of, oh, the streets are empty or, I, you know, I didn't get that that weird silent hill vibe or something like yeah that it and sounds think, like that's what you yeah, had. yeah i think maybe. that was like i think that's the point that i was i was trying to like make with my story I, although like you know the dude like being confrontational like <laughs> that that's a an exciting piece that yeah thankfully didn't get any worse uh, but more so that a place that historically is known for being very rowdy rambunctious and just festive and full of people was friggin' dead right and like so and in, in that in that yes we couldn't have that new orleans experience yeah well yeah no i didn't like i said other than that san antonio trip for the wedding i didn't do anything last year i'm looking forward to this year now that we're on like i said down we're at the end of the tunnel i think i hope you know that's what it's looking like we and all, we're team vax baby we got vaccinated yep moderna vax moderna yeah yep absolutely and uh <laughs> And last week marked my two weeks since my second dose, so now I am immortal. You are now finally yeah. immortal. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club. I was just one week ahead of you. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> so since we're vaccinated. Now and we're planning the... trips. We're going to go lick doorknobs, and uh, I'm going to get on a plane eventually this summer, I think. I've got some things lined up, but um, Bre yeah. Breathe into people's ears. We couldn't do that before? We, we could, but you'd probably get, get like slapped and like, get your COVID ass breath out of here. Well, the ear was the only part, part that was exposed on our face. Yeah. Or Whatever. eyes. Oh, our eyes too. I guess you could get spit in your eye. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody just yelling, an angry Karen just like splatter, splattering all over your eyes. You're like, fuck. Dude, Karen. nobody can be named Karen anymore. Or like, no, no I know. girl. Like that, that is, that's a... A name that will forever be not given. What What if, what about, so, <laughs> well, I know we're going to go somewhere else, but uh, <laughs> how about for the people who named their daughters Karen before Karen became a thing? Like, you know, so like now they're sitting with, like, when did this happen? When did, when did, when did we start having Karens in the world? In the last year or two? 
like let's just say two years has it been longer than that have we had angry karens two years and plus and actually referred to them as i karens? feel like, i feel like the the seeds of a karen or <laughs> like what it is to be a karen were planted maybe in 2017 do you remember the memes where uh it was it's like uh can i speak to your manager starter pack and it's like bedazzled jeans and like that that short <laughs> that short haircut that's like short short in the back and then long up front okay like, yeah, yeah yeah and i don't know like a michael kors bag or something and the sure like, but were they called karens back then i don't i don't know like I, I don't know if like that was just like the the beginning of the formulation of the karen because so what that meme was suggesting was like there's a group of people out there that dress this way <laughs> yes. and that always have something to say like in a retail setting or like they're dissatisfied with the service that they're getting so they want to speak to the manager. That's right. And I think because it was always shown to be like a white woman and that's kind of like a, yes. a generic white woman named Karen <laughs> like oh kind of like uh, kind of like how uh, some groups refer to uh, white girls as Beckys, right? <laughs> okay yeah i feel that's appropriate i don't know if i've heard i'm sure i've heard that somewhere but yeah i, I, I get that so how about for all the people all the you know newborns who were named karen in 2016 changing their name are the parents changing their names for them at this point they got yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so sorry my daughter like you are no longer karen i don't even know if i know any karens kareen or something <laughs> oh god kareen uh, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe no one's naming their daughters Karen in the last five years anyway, so it's probably not a problem, but there's got to be at least one, right? Oh yeah, yeah I'm there's sure. definitely a Karen out there. <laughs> all right. So now that we're getting, we're all vaccinated, we're fully immortal and we're going to go places, see things. That's exciting. Hell yeah. I, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm ready to go to the beach. I'm ready to go to Fiesta, Texas. I'm definitely ready for the beach. I'm ready to just travel the hell out of, well, not necessarily out of, you know, this state, but I, I almost want to leave the country. I want to go to Big Ben. I also want to go to Mexico. I want to go to Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. I already have a couple trips kind of lined up. Well, one of them I need to confirm, but I'm excited. I, I really do want to get out there with this. But, <clears throat> but what if it turns out that the vaccine is uh, limited effectiveness and all of a sudden we're not going to have the effects of it. Yeah. Fuck it. Like, Just fuck it. Right. Yeah, like, That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm over the pandemic. I'm going back to my normal life. Like I did my civic duty. I trusted, I trusted the science. Yeah. I got my vaccine. I didn't want to get the vaccine, but I got it. I got it. Well, there you go. You're good. If they try to tell me, I mean, already what, when I was in the, the observation period for my second dose, um, the person was saying, it's like, you know, uh, they're talking about a third booster shot, you know, six months down the line. It's like, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. God damn it. Of yeah, what, what, what if we do need the booster? So what? We would just do it. I mean, what about like the way we get the flu vaccine every year? Put it in the water. Put it in the water. <laughs> like fluoride. Well, what if the booster comes into effect because they find out later that something really bad is going to happen with people who have been vaccinated, huh? Like what, you know, it's because it's so new. And so like, say in the next like three months or something, I don't know, even six months from now, whatever, however long it takes from the first people who got the vaccine. What if you start seeing like strange morphine shit happening to people and, you know, now they have to develop like an anti 
vaccine booster, like still get the effects, but also counter the side effects. Oh know? God, what have we done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what, what if we all just start like turning into fucking zombies Say, or something? Yeah. <laughs> then oh, we go God. into then the it's gonna, Oh world. my God! Then the anti-vaxxers are gonna be the ones to fucking save humanity. Oh man, do we want anti-vaxxers to be the saviors of humanity? <laughs> I'm I'm actually if that's the case I'm I'm cool with being the zombie I'm team zombie and just like you know yeah ooh do you think that um do you think that there's gonna be different grades of zombies so we got Moderna we got Pfizer oh and we got J and J so each ooh. like there's gonna be what like three different sets of zombies with their own like quirks and yeah it'll be like three stats. classes yes exactly <laughs> they'll have their strengths and weaknesses the Moderna Pfizer and the Johnson and Johnson though they're gonna be like the they're they're like the redhead stepchild of the of the three. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be the, the the they're gonna be the the mindless slow ones that everybody lurker, runs around. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're they're your TV zombies that are just gonna like not do anything. Yeah, just, <laughs> oh poor J and J. I know <laughs> I know someone who's got that. Back yeah, next. we do. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up that we're. <laughs> I think well, I, they were the only the ones. I think I'd like to be like the the fast zombies, right? The the, yeah, the those ravenous are, ones. The, those are absolutely the most scariest ones. Yeah. yeah, the ones that have like all the energy in the world. <laughs> Sit there and <laughs> just like, chase your ass. Like, fuck. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about that. Then, if we are, if, <laughs> if this is all gonna happen, I'm okay with, with becoming the zombie and being part of that race. You think you have to die first? I don't know. That's a good question. Or does so it like zombies, overtake you? Zombies. So, yeah, so can you transform into... Well, think about this. What about whenever in movies somebody gets bit, they transform. They don't have to die first, do they? Uh, or yeah. is the transformation also part... Like, is death encompassed in that transformation? So in, you know, whatever, pick any zombie movie. Well, maybe not any, but whenever someone gets scratched or bitten by a zombie, they have... There's a window of opportunity, right? They have like, you know, uh, some time before the effects take effect. Yeah. Do they die in that period or do they just become? So in, in Resident Evil 1, the movie, the first Resident Evil movie, uh -huh. Michelle Rodriguez character, I, I think, is bit. And um, they're trying to get her to hold on. So she's still with the group, even though she's bit. And I think that it is known that she's going to turn. There's a scene in which she sits down and like her head's just like down forward uh, as if she's unresponsive and somebody's about to pull the trigger on her. And it's a goofy scene because like right before she's, uh, this person's pulling the trigger on Michelle Rodriguez, she grabs a gun and she's like, I'm not dead yet. Mm. So to me, that implies that, yes, death is coming. And then once that death occurs okay now now the virus is gonna is gonna take over the body and it reanimates your cells or whatever and uh and now you become the the zombie creature right so the transformation involves death it's like you I are i think so you're when you're transforming you're actually dying into the point that until you reach death and then thus zombie activate yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of of a different example, like a different movie or, or or anything in which like somebody is scratched and and like they're like I, I don't know they're running with the group and then all of a sudden they they just start spazzing out and like 
uh, I don't know, their eyes just go clear and then they become, you know, the zombie in that moment. I don't know if I've... I think Walking Dead does that. I haven't seen Walking Dead. I, I've only seen like the first few seasons along, you know, when it first started, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way it works there too. If somebody gets scratched and they're still with the, with the team and it's like, oh no, you, you know, that's a, no, 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 no. I'm going to be okay. I'll be okay. And it's like, nope, we got to pull the trigger and they blow their heads off or something before they turn. But physiologically, does the body die for uh, even like a split second and before the the zombification occurs? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't because maybe like it can just overtake you. Maybe it just overtakes you. Yeah. Like death is not a requirement for zombification. Let's say you have a, um, what do they call it? A graveyard and the zombies <laughs> that have yes. been dead for years. The, yeah. They, the, so the human bodies that have been dead and yeah. they rise as zombies. Yeah. Do you think that they would be weaker? I mean, they should be right. Yeah. Because a lot of their, they have decomposed some. Right. Okay. So for, for those zombie scenarios, I mean, we've seen them in the past, right? I think that's more of like a classic zombie kind of theme where they, yeah, they like, come from the, the, the ground, the hand comes up. Rise from of the, the dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would imply like some type of magic. Right. Okay. So yeah, because now we have, so we do have a couple different classes of zombies, right? We do have the one we were just talking about where it's like people get infected and it's like a viral zombie infection, just like the one that we've been injected with recently and yeah. uh, that we're going to be facing soon in our country and the world. But then there's the other part that you just mentioned, which is the the black magic yeah. type of, you know, cast the spell and summon the zombies from the dead. But it would have to be one or the other, right? Right. I think so. So the ones that get that do rise from the dead, can you get infected by those? Ooh. Yeah, like, are they just zombies and that's it? Like, you know, if they eat you, then you're just... You don't turn yeah. into one, do you? You just become their their food? <laughs> yeah. As a human? That makes sense to me. Yeah. But then again, like, why would... Do those zombies eat flesh? And if that's the case, why? Because you would think that... Because they've lost their, some? I don't know. But their internal organs would be mush at that at that point, right? Or... Um, when, when bodies go through the morgue, don't they remove the organs? Ooh, I think so. So why would a zombie need to eat? If, if, if they are reanimated through, let's say, black magic, you would think that... They well, none of this would make sense because then their brain's gone too. But, but they're, they're <laughs> not like... They're acting through a black magic. So does that imply that there's somebody controlling them? No, because the the zombies are acting not in the not in the sense that they are the they have a need to eat. They're acting naturally, and their natural need is to eat. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, well, you bring up a good point because what if if they don't have any organs, nor do they have a brain? How are they behaving? How what's driving their bodies to? Right. So that's why I would say the the black magic. Like, if there's somebody that's that has casted the black magic onto these army of zombies to, to me that would suggest that they can control the zombies. And to me, like it would just be to, to kill, not necessarily to eat. Right. Mm, I guess. 
I don't know. We don't really see that 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 zombie lore very much. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, it's more so. It's more so like the viral. The pop. Yeah, yeah, that's the popular one where it's like you eat to infect. Well, I don't know if you eat to infect, but there's some kind of virus that turn you to a zombie, and if you get in contact with this virus, then you will become one too. I mean, I li- I do like that one. That's a that's a good one. But f- okay, with with that paradigm. How long? How long could a, a zombie apocalypse last? How long can it last? If zombies have to eat, does that mean they can starve? Mm. Ooh, can a zombie starve to death? <laughs> well, okay, so we've already gotten over the fact that they probably didn't die to begin with. Like, it could be possible that the transformation happened to the living being right i mean so, yeah they, they still have they still have the brain they right, still have yeah. like all their organs and if like if it is the case that the nature of a uh, a zombie uh, maybe this is pulling from the resident evil universe of how like the the movie describes it like there's uh like they're they're driven by the 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 base need to feed yeah right so like whatever like this virus that's reanimating their cells is solely driven by, I guess, preserving the processes that keep this person alive, and through that, it it requires a need to to eat. Well, yeah, and and they need this need to eat because their cells, their body, require energy. Are yeah, they require energy, but they're also working like incredibly hard. Yeah, especially like yeah, I mean, you think about the ones that get like their legs blown off or something yet they're still just like cool about it like they could, <laughs> i mean you know they could crawl up to your ass and like they're unfazed so there's something going on in their body that is requiring a lot of energy to be able to for them to behave this way so how long before they starve yeah so if, if it is the case that we can if a zombie apocalypse is occurring and we can just do as we did for covid you know shut down <laughs> lock ourselves away for two weeks Will the problem go away? Ooh, no. It won't go away. Nine, two weeks. Um, oh, you think the zombies would last longer? Probably. Can Will zombies eat regular food? Oh, will like, they turn like to other sources? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Like, just... Well, yeah, will they turn to other sources? Their pets, you know, like... Oh, yeah. Well, do they, do they, would they turn to each other? Ooh, I don't know. That's... That's usually never the case in any like video games or like movies. They like, you don't see zombies like eating each other. Yeah, because usually they're rotten and stuff, right? Like, yeah. Just the case of zombies. <laughs> the case of zombies includes rotten flesh, and do you even bleed? Do zombies bleed? Uh, I feel like when they are shot, they do have. Yeah, blood does come. I guess from is the it, shot, or is, is it, it like coagulated blood, like uh, like the blood that they had pumping through their bodies is no longer pumping; and it's just there. Yeah, <laughs> it's stuck in there. Well, they definitely they have to have blood and oxygen for their man. To, we're we're to... really like <laughs> we're really trying to pull this apart. Like, what is driving the zombies to act? <laughs> to, to Does be anybody alive? have a medical degree that could be listening to this shit? Oh like, god. Uh, can can a a body move if there's no blood pumping through the through the veins into the heart throughout the body? Well, the point of blood is to transfer oxygen to the muscles and other organs to stay alive, right? 
but we, we've already ventured off into this folklore of zombies who don't you know like what, what what's driving them so like once we answer well, that question i think we can answer all the rest but. well hang on <laughs> Let, uh, let's go back just one step and uh talk about the rotting flesh aspect if yeah why is their flesh rotting because yeah. they're not getting any oxygen Ooh. Yeah, so then why are they able to move to begin with? How long would it take for the for the skin to, to rot though or the meat or like whatever? <laughs> the meat uh <laughs> the meat of a human being takes two and a half days to rot. Are you just saying that or is I that am like- <laughs> just making that up, so don't don't quote me. I did not look that up and that's not a real fact. Unless it happens to be real. Um no, I don't know how long it takes. I don't think it takes very long. Because I feel like I've heard stories of people who died in their apartment or something were found a week later and they were already rotting Mm. like yeah just think of think of your groceries and think of meat like you don't want to leave meat out (laughs) we are basically that so you know if once we don't have blood and oxygen pumping through our bodies no water to hydrate us once we are dead and decomposing i don't think it takes very long probably a few days to a week could to you, begin to rot, at least. Do you think you could trick a zombie or, or deter a zombie by throwing, like, a burger or a pizza? And then, like, you know, it goes for the burger or pizza, and then we, you can run away. It depends. It depends. What, 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 what are they seeking when they come after humans? Are they going for blood, like life? Or is it the flesh that we have that drives them? I don't know. Oh, the blood, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not like, so nobody ever touches on that. Like, could, can you domesticate a zombie by, by giving them pizza, food, pizza, like, you know, non-human meat to eat, you know, and just be like, no, no, you don't eat a human arm. Like here is a pizza. And if they just need to eat. I mean, for some reason, I keep picturing like the best way to do this, like put them in a pen with the sheep, like and just have them. (laughs) I don't know why it's like sheep is the only thing that comes to mind that (laughs) zombies should be eating. It's like we're going to domesticate them. Sheep will be their food. (laughs) We could, you know, get their wool. They eat their. Oh, that's so cruel. Yeah, poor sheep. (laughs) I know. But that's why, because they can't do anything about it, you know, and (laughs) so fucked, so fucked. But. Anyways, Dude, uh, all right, all right. I think we should wrap up. We've, we've we've gone off the deep end. I mean, yeah, we talked about vaccines and what's the inevitable that's going to happen to all of us who are vaccinated. So everyone now has a preparation for that, a game plan. Although we still have so many questions left unanswered in the zombie world. But... Um, and please write in if you have answers to any of these goddamn questions, especially on zombies. Yeah, what, like, what do you zombies. What do you think? We were supposed to talk about COVID and then we landed on zombies. How appropriate. (laughs) This is the Ignorance Manifesto podcast, folks. This is what we do. This is what we do. Well, all right. Uh, Yeah, so what? You want to leave it at that? Wrap it up here? I think this is a good discussion. I mean, yeah, we said we were going to talk about COVID. We absolutely did. I think we we touched some pretty good topics, talking about the work from home um, and the effect that that will or has had and will probably have. We didn't really talk about what it will have, but you know, people can speculate. I think it's a good thing. And then, uh, yeah, we're talking about the future with the vaccines and how everything's going to go back to normal before it doesn't. And the, uh, 
the coming zombie apocalypse. That's it. Coming from the vaccine. So uh, which vaccine did you take? What class of zombie will you be? That's right. Write in. Let us know. I think uh, Team Moderna, you're going to be a very aggressive, fast-running uh, zombie with like the, the long claws that is just like built to kill. It's like the Protoss race in StarCraft. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played StarCraft in so long, but I, when I think about it's like because we have the three vaccines, there's like there's the Terran race, it's like the humans, and then there's the Zerg and the Protoss. And the Protoss are actually the Zerg are pretty quick, but they're animals or they're they're more beastly. Anyone who knows what I'm talking about, man, you're cool if you do know. But <laughs> um so yeah, I, I think the Protoss would be good for the Moderna because okay. they're modern, and the Protoss are like a a modern class. I'll agree with you. Yeah, Pfizer can be Zergs, or actually Johnson Johnson could be Zergs. I don't know what Pfizer would be. I believe some other derivative of yeah. Protoss, but but okay, yeah. Let's uh let's leave it at that. Thank you to anyone listening, and we will get back to you next time. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Hope you enjoyed the first episode and uh, look forward to more. All right. With that, we're signing out. Signing out. Peace. Mark and Ryan, end of the show. Raccoon. Bear. Beef.